Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 53 of Little Things for Bonsai People, the podcast. And this time I'm joined by my co-host, Carmen Leskovienski. How's it going today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Um, Louisiana's doing its whole thing where it was 35 degrees about five nights ago, and now it's 80 degrees again outside. Gross. Yeah. And it's just been kind of up and down. Um, I defoliated one of my trees and get a um, one of my sweet gums is pushing buds right now for no reason. Uh, yeah. But that's just the way it is here. Um, <laughs> how, are things starting to kind of go dormant where you're at? I'm pretty sure it's kind of past that point now, right? No, you know, it's been kind of a warm fall. We just the last couple of weeks have had like the last week, really, the like the color in the maples has been really good. And everything's finally starting to kind of brown out. And um, it's been really gusty, windy lately. Dang. So the yard is just a mess. Like all the leaves are just on the ground. And so like you go through and try to clean it up. So it looks nice, but it's windy. So the leaves just, there's just, just more leaves littering. that just blow down. So yeah. at this point, it's supposed to be really gusty today. So I'm hoping that takes care of most of the stuff so I can go through and clean it up once this week and pretty much be done with it. But yeah yeah so we're we're getting into dormancy it's still fairly warm here's the hoping that it's just windy enough where you don't have to sweep too much yeah Um, fingers crossed yeah and uh today's topic is going to be about semi-cascade and full cascade we're going to go back and revisit something that we were doing for a little while and we kind of got off track because we're doing a lot of shows and then we had a lot of guests and then we had a lot of artsy fartsy stuff to talk about so we're gonna go back to bonsai forms uh the little series that we've we uh we started uh quite a few episodes back and like i said we'll be talking about semi cascade and full cascade styles but before we get into that i do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com or slash little things for bonsai people head over there and become a bonsai best bud and hang out in the discord with all these amazing people starting off our list with uh tori solis vicky auth Boyd Snowborough, Ricky Rowans, Joshua Bentley, Snappy Chappers, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard Bonsai Australia, Greenwich Gardens, Taylor Peacock, Chase Petweet, Just, uh, Austin Adkins, Karen Codswell, uh, Yuruin Bonsai Garden, Lewis Torres, AC Castle, Bonsai Marine, J.A.S. Ja- Potts, uh, Chris Fassoon, and Timothy Arsenault. And we have one more Bonsai Ooh. Best Bud um, just joined recently. Uh, it's going to be Mr. Randy Bennett, uh, who I interviewed quite a few episodes ago. It's probably about, I don't know, probably three or four weeks ago, it feels like. Uh, time's going by pretty quick now, it seems. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you so much, Randy, for uh, for sponsoring the show and supporting, you know, the further education of what we do here. You know, educating as many people as we can about bonsai and making our show accessible. And every every little bit more just helps us expand, you know, expand the sphere I guess you could say, of, uh, of of our outreach and our capabilities and things that and our resources here. So thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show. But uh, we do have a ad read from uh, Boneside Bar, also also uh, a main sponsor of the show. Go ahead and read that ad read, Carmen. Mm-hmm. This podcast is supported by Bonsai Bar, the beginner bonsai workshop popping up in breweries all across the Northeast. Bonsai Bar is two hours of tiny tree goodness disguised as a night out with friends. Come grab drinks, create a new tree, and watch as your friends and family get the bug for bonsai. 
Bonsai Bar is always looking for teachers and assistants, and you listen to this podcast, so you're probably already qualified. Bring your knowledge out to the bar. Apply today. Find event tickets, contact info, and more at bonsaibar.com. Perfect. Your your delivery on that ad read is just impeccable. Thank you. Um, but we do also do have another ad read, uh, a new sponsor for our show as well. Um, it's going to be the event that's taking place in... Um, in Collinsville, Illinois. Um, uh, do you say Illinois or Illinois? Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, I just did that. I know. I, I do that. Uh, yeah. Bonsai Central is going to be, like I said, it's going to be in uh, Collinsville. It's going to be on May 3rd to, to May 5th of 2024. It is going to be a regional show. And... It's it's a pretty big deal. It's the first time they'll be doing it. They have a whole lineup of amazing guest artists and lectures that are going to be at the show. Um, so starting off that list, we're going to have Bjorn there. You're going to have Tyler uh, Sarad, um, is uh, Mayor Maria Heidek, Andrew mm-hmm. Robson, Young Cho, Miro Stemberger. Those are going to, I mean, just outstanding list of people there. That's um, great. Yeah, that's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's like the next step in the way of having more regional shows similar to nationals you know mm-hmm. um including some vendors we got uh april gridsby ceramics uh vicky chamberlain earthwares uh to toku take bonsai which is uh you said that was um that's now yeah he's out here in, in the portland area yeah really really nice pottery very up and coming yes that's definitely worth checking out byron Good. myrick my my guy from mississippi over here that i deal with a lot it's going to be there. That's that's awesome. You definitely check out his stuff. Uh, Greenwich Gardens, uh, one of the spots, yes. one of our Boneside Best Buds is going to be there. And, I know uh, they've been collecting a lot of Yamadori, so I'm, I'm guessing they'll probably bring a bunch over. Yep. Um, and then yours truly, like Underhill, will be there. And that <laughs> and that's something that's special, right? That's um, pretty special. But yeah, and then there's going to be workshops, which include Kusumona with Young Cho, twi- Large Twisted Junipers with tar- uh, Tyler Sarad. Uh, Hanuki cypresses with Bjorn, Fuse Trident Maples with uh, Maria, and then uh, Shohin, like I guess a con- continuation sort of sorts of uh, the Shohin workshop that Andrew Robson's doing. Um, so, I mean, this is just going to be an amazing show, guys. There's going to be also um, a professional present, like presentation and, and bonsai show that's going to be happening, just like the national show, just like the Pacific um, Expo that happened. And uh, this one's unique because there's going to be cash prizes for the winner as well. Ooh. That's that's interesting. So you guys can go over cash prizes. Yeah, <laughs> go over to um to bonsai forward slash not forward slash. I'm sorry, bonsai slash central dot com, and you can go uh, be part of the convention in St. Louis. Uh, that's Collinsville, Illinois, as well. That's the the town that that's outside of St. Louis. I'm guessing. And yeah, it's it's gonna be an awesome thing to do. Um, this is this is one of those up and coming shows that they're hoping to run every year, and it's something to be part of. They call it nice. Bonsai Central because they're being, bringing the best of the Midwest. And uh, if this episode releases on the day that I think it will, it'll be 177 days till Bonsai Central. So that's the long winded. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but that's the, my long-winded read for it. Uh, I'll be I'll be doing a couple of shorter versions of that. But just so you guys know, check out Boneside Central. It's going to be an amazing show. Um, and like we talk about in in uh, on on our show a lot is that 
on our podcast show a lot is that something's just going to see good bonsai in person makes a difference. It will mm-hmm. really further along your expectations of of what you are able to, you know, see in it's just in real life, IRL, like bonsai just takes you to a different place gives you expectations and gives you a learning curve that you just didn't know that you need uh, when it comes to working on and developing bonsai, seeing the cuts and the branches where they need to be, uh, seeing the pottery and the displays the proper way. But yeah, definitely, definitely check out that show. And um, also, I do need to mention that um, our editor, Matt, can't go any further without mentioning him. Matt O'Donnell, he makes it sound clean, makes it sound smart, cleans up the audio, makes it easy to listen to. Go over to mattodonald.com. That's O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L.com and fill a contact form to work on a podcast show with him that you might be starting up. Or if you want to work on some audio engineering with him, he, he's a set bassist in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's an all-around awesome guy. It's in the script. I read it every time. Um, and then I, I failed to mention a little while back, but we do have uh, little things for Boneside People t-shirts. I am running low on large and extra large on, on the uh, on the two different styles that we put out recently but you can go over to underhillbonesizestore.com and click on the link for little things on there and you'll see the the merch uh we are going to be running new t-shirts in the future hopefully soon i got a couple designs in mind i've just got to get to a certain point with these shirts that i have currently in in the uh running and then i will be printing a new batch so uh, so buy them so we can have more please yes and i know i've had questions about uh shipping and stuff i know some of the boneside best buds like hey where's my order uh, if you wouldn't mind going to the website and I will make adjustments there, just put in the description or a note that you are a Boneside Best Bud and I will include the special Boneside Best Bud dis- discount for you. But yeah, go over there <laughs> and buy the shirts from there. It makes my life easier so that I don't have a hundred things. I'm I'm juggling literally a whole bunch of things apart from the nursery. So uh, yeah, and that's, th- that's a lot, man. That's almost a lot. Our show has come a long way. I mean, we got ad mm-hmm. reads and patron support man god pretty cool yeah it's it's cool i mean we've uh i was kind of backtracking looking at the show and when matt started editing so but uh also if you're this is your first episode i'm sorry i'm just, just, that's, just <laughs> that's just a running joke but no um this is your first episode make sure you go back to the previous episode before this one and go check out matt he was on the episode with us uh critiquing a few trees and giving us some insight about what he thinks about art versus craft and also comparing it to his music um, that he plays as well and his experience in being a professional musician, how it crosses over. It's a very interesting uh, chunk of content mm-hmm. there. But yeah, going back and looking, uh, we started this in January. It was actually January 17th of this year. And we're, Ooh, wow. Yeah, we're in November. Um, this beginning of November, we've ran... I think right over 40 episodes almost now brand new ones formatted with you and with you carmen and mike lane mm-hmm. which uh uh we'll talk about mike's shout outs later on in the episode we always as we always do but yeah if y'all aren't aware of mike from uh, florida um but yeah this this has been a great time it's i mean it's like i said it's we're turning we're I feel like we're turning a stone like every episode it just it's so exciting to just get on and record um mm-hmm. so but yeah. yeah, it's been super fun. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Cascade and Semi Cascade. So okay. Um, so I have quite a few things to say about Cascade styles because I feel like there's a there's a couple of different ways to approach this topic because I think 
the cascade style it's kind of like the literati mm-hmm. it, it's kind of seen as like this it's kind of one of the styles that like beginners gravitate towards mm-hmm. fairly easy um literati has its appeal because it's supposed to be like the artistic um embodiment of bonsai it's like this is what you do whenever you're the master of bonsai but then you see literati and then you find something that's similar and you're like oh i can do this Mm -hmm. um and if you go back to our episode about literati you can see that it's there's there's a couple of keys there's keywords and key um i guess expressions in in bonsai that you need to understand before you get to literati but then cascade is the other yeah, I, sorry, I'm just going to jump in with literati. It looks so yeah. simple, but it's actually probably one of the hardest styles to to create successfully. So yeah, I think, and I think Cascade is similar in that manner. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm mentioning it because um, literati, it's just like it seems like you said, Carmen. It's like simple because you're like, oh, all I do is trim off a few branches, and it's just tall and skinny, and it's you know, it's in my opinion sometimes when you try to get away with the uh, certain literati forms people make like these skimpy looking tree trees mm-hmm. that don't necessarily have like the line we're looking for right um whereas with cascade trees the reason why i'm comparing is like cascades like the bent over version of like a of an underdeveloped literatis that i've seen um mm-hmm. in the past um and this is because i work with in my range especially uh green mound juniper or the or the procummins nana and Ugh. they're a creeper and so when people get their green mound juniper, the first thing that they see when they take this tree and they're like, how am I going to style this? That It's a creeper. So it's like out of the pot and it's going downwards. Yeah. And the first thing is, oh, cascade. Easy, right? From a few but- branches, stick it in a tall pot and you're done. But it's not. Yeah, it's never that easy. No. Um. So and there's two different forms here. So we figured we would talk semi and full because there are they seem similar but there's a lot of things to be said about both of those um and we were going to talk about slanting a little bit but i think i feel like we should we have we could touch on slanting slightly because i feel like there's a huge confusion of slanting to semi to full Mm -hmm. um so but uh so you're you're kind of like take on cascade styles though what how do you feel about them what what do you think about when you hear cascade bonsai um, I mean, I think I first think of where I would find this tree in nature. So tumbling off of a cliff or on a riverbank, something like that, hanging off of a mountain. Um, and so that kind of gives me a feel for, you know, what I want to achieve in, um, in the design. Um, and I think that trying to. I don't know what I think about these, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's kind of where I go uh, with semi cascade. You know, kind of a similar feeling of where you would find them in nature, but you know, maybe in a less precarious situation. Um, usually, I like to think of some deadwood on them because if they're in that kind of environment, you know, where they're falling over, falling off of something, clinging to life. There's probably, you know, some nice deadwood on there. So a lot of times I, I think of uh, conifers for cascade and semi-cascade, but you can really use any any species um, for these styles. Um, yeah, I think yeah, those are my quick <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> and, and like when you mentioned with junipers, um, like conifers in general, 
Um, mm-hmm. That that that's going to be pretty much the most straightforward way to interpret a uh, cascading style, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I I've seen it like I've gone up to like Nashville and also through Ohio. You can see a lot of this too, and when you get into the, like the Midwest area, you do have a lot more deciduous trees there. Mm-hmm. And those trees don't, they don't typically fall down yeah. the mountainside. Their growth habit is much more upright, uh, slender trunks normally. In a stressful situation like that, where all they have is the cracks in the rocks and maybe, maybe like a small embankment of soil that just collected, just happened to collect on like at the top of a face of a rock somewhere. And these trees are just kind of there and the roots can run down the side and you'll have a uh, a rock slide or or something will slip and the trees will be on the side of the, the rock face and you'll get this kind of semi-cascade deciduous I've tree, heard. but they're typically going to grow up as much as possible, almost completely vertical, which is a cool look. Mm-hmm. Um, you get or, a really big U shape in that trunk. So like your tree fell over and went horizontal, but then it's it's phototropic so right so it grows right back up towards the sun so instead of kind of going down and down and down it just kind of goes whoop right back up <laughs> and that's and that's a cool look but that's not a cascade right that's like a clinging to rock whereas the junipers or any other like kind of i think um you know because I, I you have to keep in mind guys i'm in southeast louisiana and i don't really get to go into the mountains as often as Car- save carmen would be able to and just why see, not no well i i mean i visited I the I'm rocky joking. mountains recently i mean but uh i couldn't tell you half the stuff i saw i knew mostly conifers but when conifers fan out into the sun they will choose the the easiest most you know the most laxed route for them to be able to grow with less stress so that's going to be mm-hmm. just kind of downwards and out and gradually fan outwards to get as much sun exposure um and i don't know like I know there's a few species of junipers that will grow up and out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's te- that's definitely a thing, but uh, they typically either fall over or hug rocks, and then you get this ca- this cascade look to them. Um, so well, and a lot of times, especially up like in the Rockies, there's so much snow load that you know where a deciduous tree might be able to you know shed some of that snow because it's so vertical. These conifers that are holding on to all their foliage, they just keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed so they'll still some of them will still try to grow back up but sometimes you know they're just continually pushed down and knocked over and Uh, um yeah and at least even if your foliage is going up i see this on a lot of collected like ponderosa like the trunk is just kind of sideways and the foliage is all like whoop but because uh, of the way the trunk is it makes it really it really easy to kind of just push all that foliage over to create that semi-cascade or cascade look because that trunk is is already you know sideways yeah and that's that's a really great point too is snow load which is mm-hmm. i feel like snow load is something that is a little more controversial in bonsai design um mm-hmm. yeah because deciduous trees usually when they get snow load they drop their foliage and so it's twigginess that will collect snow load sometimes older branches can get snow load on them and slightly weigh them down mm-hmm. but conifers like you said they always have a significant amount of of uh foliage there and it's always going to be dragged down and sometimes just straight up just buried mm-hmm. uh, so you know like whenever i look at bonsai here and i see a a 
branch that's been designed as if it were, you know, pine tree style is kind of like the classic way to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, where's the snow load at? Yeah. And so whether I'm doing a naturalistic styling of of a bonsai or I'm doing a, a, a Japanese traditional style, I usually almost always go with, you know, my deciduous trees going straight upwards. They, they, the mm-hmm. branches can come out and they can go lateral because of the weight of the, mm-hmm. the aged branch, but usually my branches tips go up, whereas junipers don't have to con- be confined to that. So when, they, when they're used for cascades, they're kind of a shoe in, but there's more to just putting the tree downwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for uh, mentioning the the degrees of of the of the slant into the semi into the full cascade, though the slanting style can be mentioned a little bit because, um, which the slanting style is uh, sakan um, style. In Japanese and slanting trees are kind of like they're the rim of the forest kind of shape so like if there's a bunch of trees it's really crowded you got this older tree that's been there for a while maybe there's a clear cut uh suddenly and this older tree is leaning from the from the side of that grove mm-hmm. um, that's that's your best kind of in you know way to look at it and appreciate slanting style trees in nature for a comparison uh but I've seen slant trees called semi cascades mm-hmm. and that's where we get a, we get kind of convoluted here um, right so yeah so a semi cascade differs because that lowest branch comes down below the rim of the pot but it doesn't go down past the feet of the pot so it's it's got to go somewhere you know within however big that pot is it's got to be below the rim above the feet whereas a, a a slanting tree, everything is above the the top lip of the pot, and then a full cascade. Your branch goes below the feet of the pot, so one step farther than the semi cascade, it goes all the way below your pot. So you need a tall stand, otherwise your branch is going to hit whatever you're trying to set your tree on. Yeah, and what's what's the degree in which? Because like with the with a slanting tree into a semi <laughs> cascade. There's a degree off of the nabari up the trunk line that's usually seen in a slanting tree, but when you get to a semi cascade, the the visual mm-hmm. weight of the of the nabari versus the weight of the foliage is that is that kind of where we're kind of separating the line here between slanting to semi cascade? No, I think it's really you know where the the branch goes. Slanting is usually. Um, I mean, it's leaning, so it can be a tall tree. It doesn't have to be short. Um, semi-cascade is usually a little bit squatter. Um, it kind of like how you would see a... Um, I mean, I guess I've seen some tall semi-cascades, but um, I think it really is that low branch. How low is the lowest branch? So if your branch is below the, lim- the rim of the pot, then you're in semi-cascade territory. But if you're... If you're not, then you're generally more into a leaning. It also depends where your crown is, right? Yeah. So your crown is, um, I think, farther over usually with a slanting tree, not above your root base. And generally that's you know similar with cascade and semi-cascade, but sometimes they can be a little bit closer to your root base. Is it, a, um, is it like an obtuse triangle shape? 
Um, let's see. Wow. I don't remember geometry. my triangles. So let's see. What triangles are there? There's isosceles. There's equilateral. And, and are there more triangles? Oh, there's a lot of triangles. You can Dude. do so much with triangles. And, <laughs> and I'm just coming. I'm just saying that too, is because um, whenever we we're building bonsai, I know a lot of people will try to get away from the triangle shape because that <laughs> that pointy top is what mm-hmm. defeats some older trees. It's like, oh, it doesn't right. feel old. It's too pointy at the top. Right. Well, it doesn't have to be a triangle. I mean, it has to roughly fit into a triangle, but it shouldn't be pointy. Yeah, yeah. So I think it yeah. would be just be like a um, an acute triangle. I think that's what I'm looking for because the angle is acute off the uh, the slanting tree where it puts mm-hmm. the crown. It puts the crown like not above the nabari, but it it is a very particular angle. So mm-hmm. um, about a, like sixty to eighty degrees relative to the ground, would you say? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I mean, and that, it's just not exact because we're doing bonsai. Yeah. We're trying to be naturalistic, but the general uh, outline of that is, you know, sixty degrees is is somewhere around a sweet spot. And it, 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 I mean, like ten degrees difference, maybe up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, but and there's a there's a lot of weight in the slant style, um, mm-hmm. and so the weight is going to help us kind of pull the tree back the other direction, so it doesn't feel like it's falling over. Uh, whereas a semi cascade, the 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 weight of the foliage is shifted, so there is a triangle there, but it's so much more significantly shifted. And you're like you're, you keep saying the first the first branch, and does it have to be the first branch that drops below the rim, or do you just start going to a cascade, or is that you know that that's where I that's where I kind of like we we start mm-hmm. playing around with these thoughts of what is what does cascade mean you know right yeah so i i mean i generally think it's that first lowest branch or or your whole trunk line um it doesn't have to be a branch it could be the entire trunk line is going kind of over and down um but yeah generally it's you know the lowest part of your tree is going down below the rim of the pot for semi-cascade yeah i mean so then it kind of shifts the whole thing do you build the tree like a normal bonsai and then you just take your first branch and let it just grow and grow and have like almost to extend it like first branch like exaggerate it that goes down or do you shift the weight like you have a trunk line that's kind of compressed like a little kind of just back and forth and then the bulk of your tree starts shifted to the side and down slightly yeah so, so it looks like the tree is almost resting on the rim I've seen mm-hmm. those yeah, as well. Yeah, so with the yeah, so with slanting, I mean, your general movement is up and over, right? And so with the semi cascade, it's kind of over and down, and then yep. full cascade is over and way down. So yeah, so with a semi or with a, a slanting tree, you can get something really tall, or taller, or you know whatever. You you generally wouldn't have a low branch. It, it would would not usually make sense for you know a slanting tree very strongly going up one direction to have another branch going way down the other direction, yeah. but. So yeah, so your where your trunk line is is shifted as well. Yeah, um, there's this there's this really awesome image. I can't remember if it's, if it's in Bonsai Techniques one, the John Naka book or not. <laughs> I think it is, but there's this illustration where he has. Let me see if I can find it. 
um, bone size dials mountain, I guess. See if that pops up because there's a, there's a really nice image. Yeah. And I will see if I can find a good source. So this, this website, uh, it's called pretty boneside.com forward slash pretty. Oh wait, pretty boneside.com forward slash boneside dash styles is what they have this under. And this image has been used a bunch of times. Um, but it shows the, the formal upright at the base where it's very flat and then it gets closer to this mountain and you get this taller, skinnier kind of formal upright style. And then you go up a little bit slightly and you mm. get this, this slant. Do you see what I'm talking about? I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I've seen that image before. And then it goes up and then there's suddenly like a flat part a little bit, but it's still on the side. So you get like a Miyogi, like an informal a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it goes up more and you start seeing the the semi cascades and the full cascades. Um, so the semi cascades, it looks like here in this picture is that they are the ones that kind of don't break the tree line just yet. Like there's just enough crowding in the, uh, in the, you know, where, wherever forest setting they are in, maybe there is a lush forest and they're not breaking the tree line of the mountainside yet. And they're fighting to get out similar to how a informal tree or a slanting tree would be. Mm-hmm. But the but one of the best ways is down down and out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the full cascade and in, in the picture here is the very very top. And this is this is one thing that I've heard about. And uh, just so we can kind of get learn the names of the style too, uh, we've talked about a couple of the Japanese uh, uh, names for these styles. We get uh, Kinji or the Han Kinji, which Han Kinji is the semi cascade, and then Kinji is the full cascade. Um, um, or Kinjai. J, uh, G, A, I. Oh, uh, I think it's Kengai. Kengai. See, Kinji. <laughs> Kengai. Uh, but yeah, Kengai. Like, how, how you doing, my guy? Um, but yeah. So, the full cascade coming from the top. This is one that, so this is where it gets a little bit more convoluted, in my opinion, is... The semi cascade, like you said, the 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 first branch drops below, below the rim. <laughs> the full cascade drops below the foot. Right. But I've also heard that the semi cascade, the crown exists above the rim, and a full <laughs> cascade, the crown can exist outside and below the rim, and even sometimes below the foot. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? How's that sound? <laughs> Does that make it more confusing? No, I just, I don't, I think from my understanding, it can be a full cascade even if the canopy is above the rim of the pot. It, I think it more relates to where the lowest part of the tree is. Okay. Then here's, let's throw another uh, thing into the mix a little bit to kind of confuse you more. <laughs> um, so so the the crown is slightly above the rim in a, in a semi- it could be below the rim in a full cascade, but also the percentage of the foliage mass in a semi-cascade, about 60% or so, is above the rim. In a mm-hmm. full cascade, 80% to all of the foliage mass, not just the first branch, that was the dropping branch. Hmm. Cut that. Not just the first branch, and not just the the um 
the uh the, the form and the line of the tree but the whole like bulk of the foliage mass is below the rim does that change things more i don't know <laughs> when yeah. we get to this this kind of specific i'm not i'm not sure um yeah because i i mean i just have always understood it as far as where that lowest branch is or where the lowest point of the tree is and but right. i i don't know specifically yeah because I, I've actually read in um, another book, uh, it was one by uh, Mr. Mr. Grout. He mentions that in his book as well. <laughs> um, and so, and I'm not saying that like, if we hear it different ways, doesn't mean like what's right, what's wrong, you know. And in, and Mr. You know, Dave Dave DeGrout, very respectful man. I love his <laughs> uh, his book, and he's you know curated the uh, Pacific Rim, now, which is now the Pacific. Uh, Bonsai Museum. Bonsai Museum now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it's just like, you know, that, that's just another guideline to kind of help us mm-hmm. envision and design a little bit more. I think generally speaking, that's the case. But I, I'm thinking of a couple outliers that I know of in particular where their lowest branches fall below the feet of the pot. But the mass of their foliage is not below the feet of the pot and i definitely wouldn't consider it a semi-cascade but i also don't know that i'd consider it a full cascade it just has a cascading branch it's very strange i don't i don't really know how i would yeah um classify that one so but i think generally speaking yeah that's correct yeah and see it's it's a very it's a very it's just as complicated if not more complicated than how we would look at literati forms you know uh, literati is more of a feeling, whereas a cascade form in order to execute one correctly, we kind of have to think about all these things that uh, me and Carmen are kind of going back and forth here on. It's like, well, if someone said this, then what what does this mean? Then it doesn't <laughs> doesn't this mean this? You know, like so it's it's a really interesting form. Unfortunately, I don't get to work with a whole lot uh, yeah. here for the for the cascades and stuff that I get to do. I have to literally just develop them from raw stock from garden junipers uh are usually what i have but um as far as your experience carmen what what other species do you usually get to work with in the semi to to full cascade you know we really don't work with or i i mean i haven't even really worked with that many cascades um or semi cascades i've seen um uh chinese elm i've seen azalea um juniper obviously um yellow cedars make a great semi-cascade i worked on one of those recently um let's see i think what else i've seen recently i mean i know i've seen maple cascades or semi-cascades and they're really interesting um but you don't really see them as much i don't think um i've seen a few pines in the cascade form is it appropriate for a pine to cascade it depends yeah. um as with everything in bonsai it's our standard answer it depends yeah. uh if your trunk is right yeah you can totally do it um i think generally they fall more into a semi-cascade style and, than full cascade but um i've got there's one out back here that we're going to be cascading within the next year or so um so which again it's not it's not a common style for 
this will be a, it's a shore pine. It's not something you generally see um, in that style, but when you have a tree that's already different, then, you know, you can just keep being different with it. Mm-hmm. And, and usually with cascades, um, and I've seen some really awesome ones. I know there, have I seen like larches and mountain hemlock mm-hmm. and other, mm-hmm. um, and spruces that do this every once in a while. There was a few of them at nationals. I remember, right? Yeah. I remember there was a really cool larch that was just completely out of the pot, essentially. Like it yeah. just was hanging out of there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you have some of these really severe drops in some of these cascades. And I feel like <laughs> some of the mo- more appropriate cascade forms are trees that literally were cascading at the time of collection. Yep. But doesn't mean that you can't do it with raw stock or field grown material. Mm-hmm. But it just, there's a feeling that some of those trees have. And that, that's what, and it kind of brings me back a little bit further to the beginning of when I'm like, oh, yeah. So, one of the things that I go back to is, is like some, some junipers can just fall victim to that. Oh, it, it's going downwards. Let's just do this, do a cascade with this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have the trunk or the angle or, or dead wood that kind of tells the story of a cascade, because usually the best cascades have the story mm-hmm. of how they cascade. Um, dead wood in certain areas where it just kind of tells you, this is where the trunk existed at one point, uh, the previous trunk before this new branch became the tree, or, mm-hmm. um, or there's a huge obvious scar where the the load snapped the tree almost in half, and then you see the the heartwood has turned into this rugged, sun beaten, um, deadwood, and so that's really hard to pull off on certain species as well, uh, like especially mm-hmm. like softwood, um, mm-hmm. junipers, pine trees. Mm-hmm. maples uh a, you know, yeah. now that i'm thinking about it though we've got a you know a vine maple that's a full cascade here and i think a lot of it depends on again where you're collecting like you said because i'm pretty sure this one came off of a mountainside and, and so if you're fine you can you can find these you know uncommon species already growing in this form but i think generally speaking you're right that there's certain species that already have that feeling of cascade because they're cascading in nature um, and I mean, Japanese maples mm-hmm. can do really awesome semi-cascade. Oh, for sure. Stuff. Um, because they, and that that's another thing to mention is a little bit is like, what's not suitable for, for cascade styles. And it, that, that kind of like, you hit like this hard line of like people who are, will probably get frustrated when you tell them you can't make a certain species cascade because, and they'll tell you, well, I saw one before. <laughs> and it's like with the Japanese maple, it's a, it's an outliner. Uh, outlier tree in my opinion because their their habit is uh creek and riverside mm-hmm. and so the runoff from the um the way that the it erodes the, the shore of a creek or a river that that tree will gradually kind of fall over onto the water and kind of drape its its branches and leaves low against the water mm-hmm. and because it's an understory tree it has a tendency to, to grow outwards and fan outwards as opposed to growing straight upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get this quote unquote semi cascade um, or waterfall is kind of what they call the, the Japanese maple in those semi cascade styles. Um, and it's just to kind of show that more graceful, that more feminine style of, of that cascade with the Japanese uh, maple. And so that's suitable. 
So when I heard you say earlier, you're like, we've seen a Chinese elm. Mm-hmm. You know, fine. Like Chinese elm can be a big tree or if it was crushed by a stone in the mountains, it would be, it wouldn't become necessarily a cascading plant. It would become more of like a bush because mm-hmm. uh, they have a bushing like habit almost for a tree. It's kind of, they're kind of a weird tree. Um, and so that's a challenging one there, but you do, I mean, I don't know what it is, but why this is a thing, but um, I can think of three cascading elm trees, like uh, two are Chinese elm that I've seen in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one that I know uh, Harry has the, I don't think it's a cascade. Is it? A, he's got hawthorns that cascade, but he has enough hills out there in England. But uh, but yeah, I could have sworn I saw a, a cascading elm from him as well. So that's like the elm trees kind of slide into that category. Uh, yeah. And I don't know why. Um, that I mean, is. I think you can make a cascade out of anything. I'm, I'm one yeah, of those yeah. people. You can do it and you can do it well. But yeah. I think it's more commonly, if you're trying to make something really believable to your area, you're going to want to stick with something that you've seen in your area. You know, like, yeah. yeah. There was a, a very challenging... Um, well, there's this one species that I work with quite regularly. Um, I don't know if I mention it often. Not, not the pe- bald not, cypress. Not, not, not many people know of it. Probably heard of it. It's like a hipster species. It's, yeah, <laughs> uh, Taxodium descendens. Oh uh, yeah, ascendens and Taxodium decidum. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, yeah, bald cypress is. I saw this challenging tree one time, um, and it was a semi-cascade bald cypress, and I'm just like, mm. you know, like that's where it's like. Where does the line get drawn on what is suitable cascade material? <laughs> I could agree with a cypress tree that got blown over in a storm. And then as it was blown over, another tree fell on it and cracked the trunk. And then it curved downwards off of a slope of like of like the bayou has a little bit of a drop. But we're so mm-hmm. low here. It's hard to find a hill that's steep enough for the tree to get anything like that going on. <laughs> And even still, like I had said earlier, when we started talking about cascade forms and what happens in, in bonsai with this is that it's going to fight to grow upwards. It so is. then we, I feel like we would turn into a raft style mm-hmm. faster than we would turn probably into. probably be more likely. But I mean, there's also, you know, this abstract and artistic element of things where it doesn't necessarily have to be something you would always see in nature. It could be you know, an artistic expression of, you know, this species as this thing that you don't usually see it as, but it's really interesting because it's a novelty. And that really falls into the, okay, are we going for more naturalistic bonsai or more stylized here? And I think there's a lot of, you know, personal preference related to that. And there's a lot of crossover too with, uh, with some species that I just look at and I'm like, I don't know. Like you said, this is as expression, it's fantasy world in some <laughs> some instances. I mean, we literally just started thinking and talking to uh to Laurent about cosmic, which <laughs> cosmic is a combination of all the styles, is one of the things that he he told me. Um, and so it's just like this whole thing. It's like, so if we have cascading trees and we have like this this kind of outline of what what's expected especially from like a juniper cascade what about the the like the combination of styles too could could a forest planting cascade is that possible 
Like, is there an entire forest of junipers that are cascading in the same container? Would that feel realistic or would that feel weird? How that would, would you feel really that? weird. Yeah. I think. So, but, <laughs> but if it was done well, and I then, know, then anything goes. Yeah. If you and, can do it well, I, I, I just about, want people to convince me. Convince me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can think about like Chinese Beijing where you have the rock plantings where there's multiple trees. Yeah. On there that it's like, that's technically a cascading forest. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But when you think but, of a forest planting, there's always something in a forest that's the tallest. And so it doesn't yep. make sense that everything would be cascading. Yeah. Because we, that's just not how forests grow. And I'm pretty sure uh, me and you have had this conversation like earlier on about like yeah. uh, abstract styles and stuff like that. It's like, oh, cascade forest. Every tree goes below mm-hmm. the rim. And I mean, I'd love to see that. If anybody awesome, can do yeah. it, I'd go for it. But yeah, I don't know how you would do it. In a proper container, not just your rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you know what would be interesting is if you did have like a, a cascade container that was tall to give give way for the the form. We need to talk about pots in just a moment. See oh, with yeah. uh, cascade forms. What if you had the rock that was angled and you just so happened to get your hands, you got lucky to get this rock that had like mm-hmm. uh, up out and down and then you could put the force planting onto that rock and mm-hmm. they all cascaded off there and it would look like something out of like the avatar of the blue people mm-hmm. kind of universe kind of thing it'd be kind of weird but would it still be a forest though or would it be a mountainside is or would a, it is a forest on a mountainside would it be a corrosion but are there juniper forests i don't yeah. know it's just it's so yeah that would be so abstract yep but and so yeah, could do it I think one of the things before we move on to like pots for cascades is like usually with um with cascades I think this is also another thing that's a big draw to the style when people want to create a tree is that um cascade style when I think of a full cascade and something with lots of dead wood in a story it's always a stoic tree in my mind mm-hmm. like a tree that's really withstood the elements and it's like one of its last uh it's like one of the last of its like colony of that species mm-hmm. in that area because of the I mean like environmental changes survival of the fittest there's so much oxygen uh, there's only so much oxygen there's only so much surface area the tree can cover and so it is like a it's a lonesome kind of feeling style in my opinion so like if we have like a severe cascade like a, a cascade where the whole trunk all the foliage drops below the pot mm-hmm. yeah like that would probably never work for a multi-tree planting because right why would there be so many trees? Like, why is yeah, it so lush Yeah, it doesn't up make here? sense. Yeah. <laughs> the story it, isn't there. Yeah. It should be more barren filling, you know. Mm-hmm. The use of decorative moss and display is a little bit more controversial in that, that display. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with we could talk about pots for, for uh, Cascade styles a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a really, there's a really distinct uh, way that we can approach it is that uh-huh. just by using the, sh- the you know, the, instead of using a shallow, we just use a deep pot. Yeah. But what is the dimensions on that pot? Right. I I mean, personally, I don't love the traditional cascade pots. I think they're kind of boring. I prefer the cascades in something that's a little bit, I would prefer a shallower pot on a taller stand or something like that, as opposed yeah, to a big, tall pot. Um, I just think in general, the 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 big, deep pots can cause you know, root bound issues or water infiltration issues, whereas the shallower pot's going to probably be better for your tree long term. Um, 
But I mean, the benefit of those really tall pots is that, you know, you can set your pot on a bench and your tree doesn't necessarily hit the bench. Um, uh. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's the uh, question of stability, too. It's like... Mm-hmm. I'm doing like a old school kind of feel classical style cascade. Um, and the pot is so tall and so skinny. I know <laughs> um, when beginners get into bonsai and they're like, look at this bonsai pot. This this thing's insane. It's like a tower. It's like a monolith mm-hmm. of a bonsai pot. And they're like, oh, I wish I could put a tree in that. And when the tree is supposed to be roughly the the 50 percent it should be more in some cases of the show mm-hmm. and then the container is so overwhelming it's difficult to use that that type of pot it's so big there's so much yeah. pot to show there you know um and it's that challenge it's from like my favorite thing in all of bonsai this is just and it's just my preference is like the you know the big shallow you know like maybe like a like like an inch maybe two inches uh, wide tray style pot with this beautiful deciduous informal upright big full canopy and so the tree has so much presence that it takes the pot and the pot's just a complement of like the earth and the ground below yeah. but then the cascade pot it's like so vertical it, it calls attention to it immediately when it's so tall mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then you have a question of stability like how how, how skinny is the pot? Like, will the wind just like blow it over when it's, you know, five, five mile gust, uh, five yeah. mile an hour gust one day? Like you have to tie it down. Uh, like you said, with you at the shallower containers, though, you always have to put your tree like on a stand. Mm-hmm. Or on the edge of a bench hanging off. Now, the, on the edge of the bench is interesting, um, but also very dangerous because. Oh, yeah. Tie it down if you're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and watch where you're walking. Yeah, we'll bump if you into have it. Frequent visitors to your garden. Um, it's not your visitors' fault that they knock your cascade tree off your bench. Mm-hmm. It's always your fault <laughs> because <laughs> you're the ultimate caretaker for the tree. And if you got edges and and branches sticking out and stuff, and it gets caught on someone's clothes, and it's not tied down, that that's always an issue. So. Uh, pros and cons of like cascade style pro is that it looks cool it's going as and as long as your entire collection is not cascades which like I was saying like you know there's nothing wrong with with getting into boneside having the green mound juniper and you're like oh okay I like this one and you get another one and another one and another one and all of a sudden all of your green mound junipers are just cascade trees so it has to be special and it has to be it doesn't have to be collected material, but if you're going to make a cascade, I I would say, you know, in some places it's more common, but for here, it's like, if I had a cascade, I would have like one. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, two. you don't usually see many of them in people's collections, just one or two. And and the and the maintenance is really difficult on them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it if can you, be, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it can be. It's going to be a little bit more of a curve, like a learning curve, as opposed to if you, if you were just to start with a regular you know oh up, yeah upright style too for sure um because you know like yeah you get to tie it down you have to be conscientious of moving around your bench um but also when it comes to the way that the tree is in the container what we're used to with, with like 
with bone side in shallow containers when we water it that it'll puddle up and then it'll run out the bottom and there won't be so much water column that's kind of the where i'm going with this it's like water yeah. column is really against you in a cascade pot as well yeah. so i know instances where people will like you said like you'll get like uh like carmen said earlier you'll get like a um you'll get a root bound tree yeah how are you going to get out of get it out of a pot that's a foot deep and yeah. six inches wide i then you can break the yeah to break the pot theoretically as long and if your lip of your pot that's the interior lip is curved inwards god bless you god yeah i like <laughs> like you said you're gonna probably have to break that thing off of there um that's where the interior of your pot should be made with craftsmanship to help you get that tree out of that pot easier you know yeah i mean the other the other issue that um often people run into with cascades is you know, trees, most trees are apically dominant, right? So the tops of the trees want to be stronger. And if you have a, a branch that's very low on your tree and, you know, it's probably getting a little bit more shade, it's the low, it's like below the root level, really, if you're in a full cascade, uh, it's going to generally be a weaker branch. So you need to be sure that you're taking care of your tree in a way that keeps the balance of that tree um so that that low branch is getting enough of the energy. So, you know, keeping more foliage on it, really controlling your top growth, making yeah. sure that that low branch is positioned into the right amount of light um, and all of all of these different things. Occasionally I've seen with with weak cascades, people temporarily setting the pot on an angle so that branch is actually Damn. going up, you know, for a season or so. Yeah. Just so that it it kind of regains some of that apical, you know, it gets more attention from the tree because it's it's going up instead of hanging all the way down. But that's something that you you really commonly see with uh, cascades is a, a low a weak low branch. So something you really need to watch out for there. I really like that little trick, like leaning the tree sideways to mm -hmm. trick the tree into basically being like, oh, I am. Uh, dominant in this area right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, only issue with that is that because plants are phototropic, right, your foliage is going to reorient yep. to that angle. So if you're going to show that tree that's, you know, that year, maybe don't, you know, make sure that your foliage is reoriented to the correct position before you put it in a really. show because otherwise it's going to look ridiculous. It's going to be really obvious. I mean, unless you want to sit there and wire it all back out properly. Right. Yeah. Some but people usually really that's enjoy something that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, generally that's for a really a weak tree. So you wouldn't usually be showing something at that t that year anyway. You know, it's a, a rest year for the tree. Yeah. And like you'd mentioned that like thinning out the top was something that wait, uh That's kind of like part of the maintenance is like thinning the top out and matching that lower branch with energy mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. and encouraging it to become more of a contributor to the tree because they can get I've seen it on a lot of cascades where that lower branch can get so weak it'll just end up dying or you'll mm -hmm. have you'll have barely enough for it's just it's not even really a branch like the tree yeah. doesn't care about it it's not going to put energy into it because it's not necessary anymore mm -hmm. um so that's just a lot of the things and like go back to the water column thing is like when you water a cascade versus a tree in a shallow container and, and when you water a tree in a shallow container it pulls up it has nowhere else to go so it hits mm -hmm. the sides it kind of kind of does its thing and then it gathers up and then goes through the drain holes where it's with what like a long water column on a cascade pot a water column if you're if you're all not familiar with that means 
that's the gravity of the water. So it's much mm-hmm. taller. And so when you water the tree, it's going to go straight to the bottom. It's not going to pull mm-hmm. up. And I don't know where on, on your cascade, if you're, the core of your root system is going to be higher. In some cases, if the core of your root system could be midway, the there could be instance where, where somebody will choose a deeper cascade pot for their tree where they're like, I can't cut the root ball off because I know there's vital roots and it's at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, there's so many varying degrees. So you don't, unless you have been able to excavate that root, that root ball, really figure out where the heart of that root system is, you need to make sure that that does, that does never dry out. Because if it dries out, if a, if a cascade plant with a, with a deep pot dries out, you're, you're in like deep doo-doo. Yeah, um, good luck. You're gonna have yeah. to soak that puppy. Yeah, you're gonna have to catch it before it happens because usually when it happens, something bad will happen. You weaken yeah. the tree in some, you know, ir- irreversible way in the worst cases. But yeah, soaking it is is a good way to go about it. But we we don't. But if have- you're that far gone, it might be too late. Yeah, and you don't want to have to soak your trees every single day. No. You know, like show in Kosamono, soak them. You know, smaller plants, there's a lot more leverage. But when you have bigger cascade, you know, you're like, oh, I got to soak this thing. And the pots, the pot could be anywhere from six inches tall to a foot to, I've seen like two foot tall tree uh, pots, just ridiculously tall cascade pots. How are you going to soak that? You know, so if there's a couple of different tricks you could probably use, like uh, we joked about the the bamboo straw stuck into an azalea's root system to feed the the ditzes mm-hmm. part of it. That's an idea to get mm-hmm. water into the core for a cascade. If Fair you're enough. scared, you're like, oh, this thing's root bound. And, and if you're watering, it becomes hy- hydrophobic and sheds the water around the sides and the water column's pulling it faster down than it can even get to the point where saturation can even start to occur. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where, that's where, kind of where we get into this, this thing where it's like, I do like your mention, Carmen, of like, I love the ones that are in the shallow containers. I, I hear that. And that does help fix part of the, that issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. And I mean, and, and it kind of comes around to like, also is like, I've seen some cascades that are also in um, like your moss ball mm-hmm. and muck mm-hmm. entrapments. Yep. And it's kind of the, the same thing, but it's not mm-hmm. the same thing because there's not like a solid barrier of like clay wall guiding right. the water down so, yeah you know if they get hydrophobic it's you know they don't usually get to go that far but occasionally you have to hit them multiple times or mm-hmm. you know the small ones dunk them you know if they get a little bit too dry but it's much easier to rehydrate or to dig a little hole through the you know the kind of muck wall to get water back into it if you have to yeah and i know best case scenario um, for watering your, your cascading trees with like long, tall, deep pots of some kind mm-hmm. um, is water it. This, this is a rule of thumb that I use. I don't know how correct it is. This is, I mean, like we're saying like this, this show has kind of gotten to a point now where we're like, we're giving all this advice and we're talking about seasonal stuff that applies to where we're at, but don't take that. Take it as a, a grain of salt, but also, um, I mean, a grain of sand uh, or whatever, grain of salt, oh, same thing. Salt. I guess. You're right with salt. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like things are different because of humidity and temperature and elevation and, you know, quality of water and minerals. And, um, but you're know, like, kind of like how I approach it with some of my trees that are harder to water is I water my tree 
and I make sure I see water coming at the bottom, but I get a good saturation mm-hmm. on the entirety of the soil, soil surface. And then I come back yep. 15 minutes later because it's waking, it's woken up the particles a little bit and kind of gotten the, out, the exterior that wet. So it's more likely to trap the next run of water mm-hmm. and the oxygen will be pushed out and will be kind of like, it won't be like in a vacuum. It'll be more of like a, a negative pressure on the system, on the root system a little bit, I guess, because it'll kind of break down that barrier that of what needed to be wet. And it might mm-hmm. pull the water in there easier. I don't know exactly the science on that. It's just kind of a theory mm-hmm. on how I water my trees, but yeah. Uh, well, water I, adheres to itself, right? So if you put some water in there and then give it some time to absorb and then water it again, you know, yep. you've got more water in there to pull more water into it. And, and then it just, electrons. It, yeah, it just, science, <laughs> yeah. science is it. Yeah, don't make me talk yeah. about science. Um, <laughs> I only yeah we we do that with our trees too when we water we do we you know we go on each side of the bench we don't give it a full fifteen minutes usually occasionally you know there's one or two trees I'll I'll water the whole yard and come back and hit it again because I know that it like is really you know hard to get the water into the pot but yeah we we water like one side of the bench thoroughly and then we go to the other side of the bench and so by the mm. time you make it back to that tree it's That's had a second or two to yeah you know it's got had a little bit of time to infiltrate the soil and then you hit it you know a second time and that really like completes the the soaking process yeah yeah and 15 minutes is just a gauge because i mean um because like with with you carmen you're in like a bonsai yard and (laughs) so you're just like on the trees and say i'm getting up in the morning making my breakfast taking care of my wife uh and the house and the dogs and the chickens and everything else and so i had to put it into a time schedule and it's yeah. to help people kind of break that down in their mind a little easier. It's like, oh, well, yeah. now I have to go to work. My work is at the nursery, but, you know, I keep working with bonsai. But when it comes to personal trees outside of, out of like, outside of bonsai collections and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, and I know that some of our listeners are people that work with professional collections and also curated collections. It's awesome that we have uh, those listeners. So maybe they'll kind of, kind of help you uh, ease your mind a little bit on those cascades. Cause I know people who first get into watering trees and you get to this cascade, and uh, your mentor or your oikata or your boss or whoever it might be is just like, make sure you water the cascade good. And you're just like, oh, crap. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, take, I was watering take, everything good, I thought. Yeah. It's just extra care needs to be given to that. Mm-hmm. And that's just, there's a couple of guidelines there for that too as well. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, cascades are cool, man. Like I've seen my fair share of them. It's unfortunate for me. It's just, it's just my taste, my, um, what's that? What's another word for it? Just like, I get, I'll just say the simple way to layman terms is like what I like. I just, I'm not very fond of cascades. I do appreciate a good cascade though. Like the undeniable craftsmanship put into a good craft, into a good cascade with, you know, good, good, healthy tree, good pot, uh, good display when it comes to displaying the tree. Um, you know, th- all those key factors, but you know, eh, I'm a, I'm okay on them. But also, I live in Louisiana, so it's not like a lot of exposure. And, I, and if I was in Portland, if I was in the Rocky Mountains in like Colorado, or if I was in, you guys have them in Michigan too. We all have a lot of stuff like that. Not a ton, but if not you get lot. some on some of the river banks, or like when I went up to Niagara and I was hiking down along the river, you know, there's just these like cliffs. Um, and so there was like white cedar hanging off of the cliff and that was really cool. So we have some, but it not, we, I mean, it's Michigan. We don't really have mountains. So, but okay. some, some riverbanks or, you know, some of the 
there's some rocky areas, especially in Ohio. Um, so yeah, there's some of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a style that I feel like, like I was saying earlier, it's like a lot of people want to go to it and, uh, they kind of want to do something that, you know, they look at the the typical tree and you're like, Oh, formal upright, informal upright. Those are so boring. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's like a very typical what you imagine a bonsai would be is like a juniper cascade you know yeah. it's what you see in all the, the pictures and... and that's that's the thing that like that that you mentioned is like yeah you get those older books um and i don't want to i don't want to poo-poo on any older publications i mean poo-poo on them please no uh, no it's just it, it's like the the ones that were just written as like hobbyists or like yeah. knick-knack kind of feeling like or art garden kind of stuff well, it, it doesn't help that Home Depot or, you know, like the big box stores yeah. sell these little sad, dead Cascade Junipers. Don't buy those. Yeah. When you see the ones with the the fake moss and the rocks glued the on rocks there. The rocks are glued on there. Yeah. Oh, poor things. Um, in my range, I have a lot of um, Fuki and tea mm. at our, in our Lowe's and Home Depot's yeah. where they, they grow. Where we have uh, the uh, the derogatory term for... Uh, for that quality of bone size, mall's eye or roadside. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is pretty common. Unfortunately, you see a lot of that. And if you're a first time listener, like I said, I'm sorry. But also if you're a first time bonsai person, you're really getting into this. Um, don't think that if you went and bought a tree from Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, off the side of the road, out of the mall, uh, they have the kiosks. Some, I don't know if that's so common anymore because they used to I haven't to seen it recently, eye. but yeah. But uh, that, that was a common place for it too, uh, and and you just so happen to buy a cascade. Your cascade's not a bad tree, you know. We're gonna uh, some uh, bonsai positivity. Um, <laughs> no, no tree is ugly. No tree is. Um, uh. But wow, <laughs> okay. Carmen, Jeez. some trees are really ugly. Some trees are <laughs> ugly on purpose, and and it, like when it comes to beginner beginners trees, like we're. To it's, begin, to begin, just keep your tree alive and do your best with it. You know, yeah. everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. I know. think I started with a Cascade Juniper. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, um, just remembering also like this, doing this episode kind of brings the show back back to earth a little bit too. Remembering what we're here for is it's truly for the beginners. Um, because, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, to kind of put it in perspective too, I mean, we're, we're both young or I like to believe I'm still young. I got great hairs coming in now at this point. Yeah. All, all powdered on the sides, peppered on the sides more. Um, but, you know, still young, but we, we're we're early on in this bone side journey. And so, like, I'll, I admit mm-hmm. this every once in a while. It's like, it's exciting to see uh, you and Mike uh, progress uh, alongside Thanks. how it is, you know, like, and it's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, we have to, we have to remember with, with episodes and topics like this, where, where we came from and mm-hmm. what what we need to concentrate on because there needs to be more content for, for you know for the basis the, they're literally and figuratively the groundwork of bonsai well know? and i had a student back when i was at the university bring in her little juniper that she had bought at a big box store and she was like help me and so you know we grew it out and we were starting to make it into actually like a nice little cascade juniper so you can turn them into nice little cascades it's not going to be, you know, your number one, you know, best in show right away. But, you know, you can grow a tree. It takes time, but you can make it into a nice little show hint if you put in the time and the energy. 
So it's generally not your best place to start, but if you have one, that's, you that's have one you and mm-hmm. you can take care of it and make it look nice. Um, and kind of a reference to uh, some of the bonsai forums, Facebook groups and stuff like this too is like, uh, there, there tends to be a lot of negativity on those forums. So be careful out there. Uh, but just just yeah. to kind of, the reason why I mentioned the, that, uh, that whole thing is like, I see people present these trees that they bought from a box store or something, or they got this Cascade Juniper and they're like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do something with this. And then they post online and they're like, what do you guys think? And then there's always that one person that says, put it in the ground. Oh, I'm always just like, Ugh. don't put it in the ground. Yeah. Put it you, in a bigger pot. Don't put you, it in the ground. If you put it in the ground and grow it out, then your interest in bonsai might go away. You don't want to lose well, that. Well, with the know? juniper, if you put it in the ground and ignore it, it's going to have no potential. You have to continually work on it one or two times a year, every year, regardless yeah. of how big it is, until it gets to what you want it to be. Otherwise, it's going to be impossible to work with. Or you can just take it, take the easy way out and just do deciduous trees. <laughs> that was a roast on myself. Do that, and, I guess. <laughs> and other and other uh, people, but it's just. I'm I don't just know if I say that's the easy way out. I'm just joking. No, uh, because a different way out. No, it's a different way because theoretically, you could take your elm or maple and stick it in the ground and then grow it out and it's like oh look at this but you know then you got to get it back out of the ground yeah, and that's luck. usually pretty traumatic for a plant um that's why some of the better yamadori are collected at a cost because i mean that's not it's not ideal especially for junipers and and stuff where you get them out for the out of the mountains and stuff you know, for cascade styles and stuff like that usually mm-hmm. those those trees are like taking out rock crevices on screen. They don't have there. roots anyway. Like you peel, you literally peel them off of like an yeah. inch of like decomposed granite. They, they got nothing. Yeah. And then you stick them in a pot and they're like, no, oh. Ooh. and then they grow crazy. And then, <laughs> and then they go crazy. And then they've you never can, had roots before. Yeah. And then you can go in and you can take all those lot, nice long running shoots down and wire them out and get something that it will build the tree. Um, Where's with a deciduous tree. And, and this is talking from, let's give you a little perspective on Louisiana here, uh, where we are, I am at, I think I'm at five feet below sea level where I'm at. <laughs> um, New Orleans is like 30, 30 feet below sea level. No wonder you get headaches when you come over here. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's real. It's a thing. Um, like I, when I went to the Rock, Rocky Mountains, I went to the top of, uh, I think it was Loveland or Leland Pass. It's like one of the higher mm-hmm. elevations, like 7,000 or something. Like, that the the headache was splitting and I I just couldn't see anything because I was literally the highest up I'd ever been like on a mountain before it was just like oh you know I've been on a plane but like Mm -hmm. that's pressurized that's pressurized but when there's no oxygen (laughs) it's different (laughs) yeah that's that's another way to kind of look at cascades too it's like go to where they are and then you'll know you're like oh well this tree is like dangling off the side and it's fighting for its life. And then you go to the cas- you know, Cascades, Cascade Mountains or Rocky Mountains or Appalachian and you go up in the highest peak and you're like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. No wonder this thing's struggling because I'm struggling right now, you know? So, but yeah, down here in Louisiana, if we planted a deciduous tree in the ground, it's going to tap into the water table and then your tap root and all of your fibrous roots are going to be in the ground where the water is and it's gonna be very hard to dig that tree up um so you know it's it's just with and kind of like kind of going off of the beginner material just a little bit you know don't don't tell people to put their trees in the ground 
you don't be that guy, you know? So. I've never put a tree in the ground and cool. I don't intend to. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. That's my personal, that's my personal choice. Uh, so have we, so we're going to do bonsai word of the week. You got a moment for okay. that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're doing really well in time here. We just kind of went through it. Um, and now we're on, you know, we've done so many bonsai words of the week and I do this, I do this thing where it's like, I don't write down the ones that I've said. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll remember if we've done it before. Yeah. We uh, could just do the different styles that we did today. We could use those words. No, that's cheating. Okay. It's Let's cheating. not do that. Let's not cheat. Um, so let's use a new word. Okay. Um, What's our word today? <laughs> um, I'm having to take a peek real quick. <laughs> I've got a little catalog here of words that I could probably use. I don't, I guess we'll, I just won't use the um, the bonsai, like the Japanese terminology. Let's just, I'm just going to say bonsai word of the week is a bar branch. A bar or branch. A, or a handlebar branch. Okay. Um, Cause I feel like that's something else that's kind of, it's good to throw back in the mix of like some simpler terminology for the show again. It's like, yeah, it doesn't uh, have to be a Japanese word. It can just be a word that we use a lot, like yeah. a bar branch. Like bar branch. So what is a bar branch, Carmen? That is when you have two branches growing opposite of each other on a tree. So it looks like handlebars. Yes. And are uh, like a handlebar mustache or a handlebar on a bike? Like a bike. Oh, okay. Mustache. Well, maybe a mustache. I mean, you can't if they go down enough branch. and then twirl back in, <laughs> cosmic bar branch. <laughs> yeah, I used to have an amazing bar bar branch. I mean, uh, handlebar mustache. <laughs> I guess you did. That was a pretty great mustache. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So, but that was uh that was the old very impressive the old Evan. This is the new Evan. <laughs> uh, but no, the uh, a bar branch on a tree is is that wrong or is it or is it controversially it's, wrong? It's um. It's not ideal if you have an old tree that where branches have kind of become this and there's no good way to fix it, but the tree has provenance because of its age, um, then in that case, it's often forgivable. If you are designing and building a tree, if you have a younger tree, if there's a way that you can fix it, then please fix it. Yeah. Uh, the provenance and the the age of the tree is something we talk about a lot of stuff like like older trees and respecting mm-hmm. the designs of older trees mm-hmm. it comes up very frequently in this, this show i notice so bar branches in my opinion happen in two places um mm-hmm. like you said like an old tree and go mm-hmm. go look at uh like coca fruit trees i bet you like every other tree is gonna have a bar branch on it mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. just that's just the way it is um it's funny that, that some people lean so hard into it. So one of those instances is like developed old trees that when you get to that crown, there's like almost no way with all that compression in the top of the crown of the tree and the placement of the branches and the given species of the tree might also go kind of run against you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a bar branch somewhere. You, sometimes you can't build a dense crown without having a bar branch. Um, now mo- you can, but then also sometimes when it comes to the way that branches are laid out naturally in trees, trees naturally grow bar branches all the time. Oh, yeah. They just don't care. <laughs> There's no formula, you know? And then another instance where a bar branch is kind of like looked 
past is in Shohin or Mamei. Um, if the entire tree is built off of two branches, literally, and they might be a bar branch, mm-hmm. but the way that the um, the way the the Shohin is built, you can't tell because of the way mm-hmm. the canopy has been laid on it. Right. If you have a conifer and it's the bar branch is completely like you can't see it because of where your canopy is, it's not as big of a deal as if you have like a maple and your bottom two branches are bar branches. You know, like there's a lot more forgiveness, I think, within conifers, especially of a small size. Um, I mean, ideally, if you can avoid it, you want to avoid it. But there's a certain point at which like you either can't avoid it. It'll ruin the tree if you remove it tree so old or it's not the most important part of the design mm-hmm. you know and i'm gonna keep saying uh saying just the the controversial goofy things that i say i'm like oh well i'm not really a huge fan of cascades oh <laughs> actually i like bar branches and it's like stupid stupid shit like that uh but it makes like, the tree really easy to pick up no i'm just kidding don't pick <laughs> your trees up by their branches <laughs> you can uh you could do like a sitting uh what's that called where you you have a weight like a bench press like yeah. with your or yeah. not with your arms with the leg press thing oh yeah the, you can you can do like a leg press there's another yeah. one where you like pick the weight up with both arms and uh you kind of pull them pull it like up like past your knees to your chin you can do that mm. workout as well that's mm. a good workout um get lift it yeah deadlifting is different carmen okay uh, that's <laughs> when you pick up a dead bonsai above your head Yes, exactly. That's a that's, deadlift. That's when you get frustrated and you give it like the whole circle of life thing, except it's sad. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like say, why? Why did I do this? And then you uh, chuck it into the garbage. Yeah, you chuck it into like the, the trash bin. Um, make sure you take your pot. You don't throw your pot away too. Right. But um, but you know, uh, yeah, bar branches are fine, but they're not correct. According to Japanese stylings, they're not correct. Mm-hmm. But when you're They trees, look funny. They mess up your balance. It's... Yeah. Yeah, if you have a bar branch that's so strong, so bar branch on a tree, um, that looks that that's very obvious. Is if you look at a tree and say you got it, uh, uh, Milwaukee, informal upright. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it is now. Moyogi, my my. Oh there my you God. go. You got it. it's it's okay. We we've been talking for a while. We have to we have to make a show. Words are hard. Where we use uh. And English language where there's like not that many words and some of our words repeat. That was one of the things that uh, Laurent pointed out to me, actually. He was like, why is why is this word spelled the same, but it's said the same way and then means something 100% different? I'm like, English, bro. We don't have many, tr- don't have many words yeah, in the roster. I don't know. <laughs> We're not very creative. We have to be multi, multi-purpose words. Uh, there's a name for them, but I can't remember. But uh, I'm not, I'm also not an English major or a creative writer, so. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, when when a bar branch is yeah, when a bar branch is obvious, it's whenever it's like in a just in a formal informal or a formal upright, and there's a branch that first branch, and then another branch like runs on the other side of the trunk of it, and they're like almost the same size. Mm-hmm. That's when it's glaringly obvious. <laughs> but when it's up in the canopy and they're like the same size and they're close to each other, then it's not that obvious. But then there's also the thing it's like the back branch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a is a bar branch, but it's just like has a different orientation. It's been wired differently. Mm-hmm. That's you can't also see it from the front. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but horticulturally speaking, if you have a bar branch that's too strong in one spot with a main branch, and they both grow at the same rate, they're going to cause a swell. And that's Ugh. something that a lot of people talk about a lot. It's like that's true. 
And when I'm developing deciduous trees, I'm going back to deciduous stuff here. Conifers, you can do whatever you want in some cases. Like I've seen conifers with bar branches. I've seen one branch on a conifer and it's been like wired and coiled up like a snake to build the tree. Yeah, I'm not going to. Oh, well, to build the tree. Okay. Yeah. In some cases you can, unless you do like perfect and you're like grafting. I've done that with the procumbens instead of instead of taking the leader off i just snaked it around and yeah. made it a branch made it like a weird back branch thing that also carries like a good load of the the foliage yep. mass with yep. deciduous trees i i find myself working on like especially when you have a really dense like elm is kind of like mm-hmm. where you get to this point you must get to this point where there's a lot of branches and sometimes you know branches occur from the same place and mm-hmm. someone's like you got to take that off it's going to cause a swell Mm-hmm. And Trident I said, maple too. Well, Trident maple, yeah, they're kind of offensive. They will create a swell. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I'm interrupting. Yeah. But some trees I say no. <laughs> and it sounds weird. And then people are like, well, then it's going to be inverse. And I'm like, but a lot of deciduous trees, especially a broom style, what do you do there? You're like, oh, shoot. Well, that's broom. different. That's, that's a broom. Dif- that's different. But is that a bar branch? Well, it shouldn't be because of where the angles are. But But they all occur from the same spot. But they're not straight across from each other. That's another thing that we're kind yeah. of I'm trying well, to Well, it's not a bar branch. They're not straight across from each other. They're just yeah. all coming from the same spot. So a bar branch creates a bar across the tree where your line mm-hmm. is drawn across the tree. And that breaks your trunk line, which is not elegant. No. It just it makes the viewer go up. And then suddenly you have this really strong disconnect. It feels like the top of the tree is like, it's like a cookie jar. You could like pick up the top of the tree and look in and uh, and then caught red-handed, look at trying to get uh, some cookies. But like... That's that's kind of how it makes me feel. It's like there's a there's a severed line, there's like a dotted line in the tree, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, but then in a broom, it's like that's a different type of branch that could be arguably called a whirling branch setup, but it's not. Mm-mm. But then also, if we're doing naturalistic stylings of trees, bar branches are so common, especially in elm trees. That's why I was that's why I mentioned them earlier. We're doing a broom yeah. style, but if we're doing a multiple trunk tree then we kind of fall out of that category and then you you do get bar branches but then the bar branches don't go straight all the way out because we have a deciduous tree it goes out out and then up slightly and then that kind of fixes the bar branch slightly but it doesn't though so it's like so what are you saying here evan it's contradicting (laughs) i've seen great looking bar branches on deciduous tilings a little bit more of a naturalistic style but it's not right. But at the same time, it's not wrong. It's what right. You know, I know. I, I talk, it's like I talked in a circle and came back around and like this. Like it's like oh, I solved it when I <laughs> when I talked in a circle about bar branches on deciduous trees, but I didn't because <laughs> the only branches I'm worried about on a deciduous tree when I'm removing branches is suckering branches off the base of a branch. Those are the only ones I'm really I'm usually typically worried about because that'll cause a swell in a heartbeat. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, but uh-huh. it won't cause a swell in the trunk line. Um, Your dog has feelings about this issue. I know she's barking because people exist outside of our house. <gasps> um, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> the the trunk line can be interrupted is my biggest concern. Uh-huh. Um, beyond that, as long as there's a way that the tree's built that it's not so obvious, like you said, it'd be hidden. But then another thing has to be put in the mind is like oh yeah bar branch and deciduous tree becomes blatantly obvious when it loses its leaves so it's another thing mm-hmm. but if you can yeah. gra- gracefully break the rules with a bar branch then you might be getting somewhere i don't know sure 
Um, yeah. So I think general general rule of thumb is try to avoid bar branches when they're young. Yes. And then at a certain point, sometimes they're okay. Generally speaking, you don't want them. But again, everything depends in bonsai. Yeah, everything depends. And I mean, we cut up a bar branch, we create a big scar. That's always my biggest issue with deciduous trees. Probably cut it off when, yeah, cut it off when it's young if you can. Yeah. So you don't want to cause a, a big scar or um, or a, you know, or a weird spot. I mean, you could take a huge chunk out of the trunk, the trunk of the tree and just make it look really weird too. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's just, there's a couple of things like that. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're getting, we're getting towards the end here. Uh, we can go ahead and wind it down here. Do the couple of shout outs that we always do at the end. Talk about, you know, ourselves for once. Uh, no, we talk about ourselves often, honestly, but uh, no, uh, for more content, if you like the show, you might like to pop on over to uh, Underhill Bonsai and read some articles that I wrote. Um, I get into moments where I write like a handful and then I stop. So I apologize that they're they're out of date. At least there's some written from this year. That's something. Uh, but yeah, you can go over there and read some articles. Uh, Underhill Bonsai has a YouTube channel. There's a couple of uh, there's a couple of you know instructional videos that I used to do um, on there. Lots of bald cypress stuff, obviously, but um, and then you go over to Underhill on Instagram, follow us there, and also to mention Little Things has an Instagram. If you ever run into a critique episode on our show, then you can pop on over to um, Instagram, follow us there, and usually the description will tell you what episode the critique photos line up with. Um, and then for you, Carmen, they can go over to. Our- uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Becoming Bonsai. I am also on Facebook. And you can check out the Purple Pot Society, which is the National Women's Bonsai Group um, at the Purple Pot Society. Oh, sorry. PurplePotSociety.org. There's no the in front of it. Um, yep. And yeah. Becoming Bonsai? Yep. Said that one. Oh, okay. Sorry. My dog was barking. It's striking me. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and I did then- it out of order this time. No, it's okay. And then for for Mike, uh, which we have uh, when we can get him, uh, Mike's a very, very busy guy, but uh, Mike Lane, uh, you go over to KetsuneBoneside.com. He's got seasonal offerings as far as he's got some online classes that he's been promoting recently. Um, And also he's he's like traveling a lot um, as far as teaching and doing workshops. Uh, you can you catch him in Texas um, a good bit. He comes to Louisiana. He travels up and down to Florida. So if you're a local to Florida and you want to learn bonsai, I mean, you're lucky because you got a great guy over there to, to to teach you bonsai. So go over to Ketsune Bonsai on Instagram. Go over to KetsuneBonsai.com. And then um, he's on Facebook, but uh, Facebook's kind of a different world uh, when it comes to trying to friend people. But you can at least look at some of his stuff there. Um, and then just like I mentioned before, Make sure to go over to underhillbonesizestore.com and go over and pick up a little thing shirt. Help me get some of the, the the stock moved on that. And we'll print some new shirts, different colors, different designs. Um, remember to go over to Patreon forward slash, uh, patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people. Become a $5 patron to get your name shouted out at the beginning of every episode. Go join our Discord community. Everybody there is awesome. Um, we always have great things going on uh, to talk about the cutting challenge cur- trees that we critique on the show come come from our discord a lot listener questions and remarks come from the from the discord so it's a great place to be <laughs> um, and yeah like again uh, th- 
thank you Bonsai Bar for sponsoring this show. And also thank you uh, Bonsai Central, uh, the show in St. Louis uh, coming up here soon in next May of 2024. Uh, thank you guys so much for sponsoring our show. So, uh, but yeah, this has been a good one. It's refreshing to go back to just like simple, a simpler time. It's, it was simpler a simpler time. Yeah. Fewer critiques, fewer, well, not fewer opinions. We have opinions on all the things, but different opinions. Yeah. And I know there's a, there was an outcry for more opinions and more spiritual, more, uh, you know, you know, it, retrospective, introspective. Uh, it'll, it'll come along as it comes along. Every once in a while when we feel like it, uh, we'll do more. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool to go back and just remember, like I was mentioning, I just remember what we're, what we're talking about here is uh, bonsai and especially from the beginning stages and, and forward. But uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out, Carmen. And uh, yeah, anytime. And and also for your listeners, thanks for listening and hanging out with us um, on Little Things for Bonsai People. Y'all have a great day. Bye.